RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. We talk quite a bit about energy and our energy future here at Reality Check Radio. And uh, we've had quite a few people on from the various parts and components, piece parts of the industry. And uh, Janet Carson now is joining us, the Chief Executive of Gas NZ. And uh, she's here to, well, talk about gas and also those government proposals to transition to the 100% renewable energy. There's the BlackRock deal. There's a whole lot of things going down. So, Janet, welcome to our radio station. Thanks for coming on and giving us a bit of time. Thank you. It's good to be here. The gas story is such an important part of the energy conversation in New Zealand. And we're lucky we have gas. I mean, I I had relatives in New Plymouth when I was a kid growing up, and that's when they were starting to drill those fields. There was Mm -hmm. so much activity going on there, and it was really the bright hope, for, or one of the bright hopes, for New Zealand's energy future. Where are we now with gas? Look, we're really lucky with the natural gas reserves that we've had and we've relied on for several decades now. Before that, the gas energy in New Zealand was coal gas, so um, made from coal, otherwise known as town gas. It was slightly before my time, but that is that's what powered um, gas. That was the source of gas in our homes prior to discovering natural gas. So now we're on the cusp of further change. So not moving away from gas entirely, but um, evolving what sort of gas we use. So I'm sure many of you have heard about the potential of hydrogen gas, mainly in the heavy transport sector, but also it can be blended with natural gas and used in the same way we anticipate to certain blended volumes um, as we use natural gas now and also biogas, so biogas made from organic um, feedstock. And in the context of New Zealand, we would look to use organic waste, so soft landfill waste, mainly from food scraps. Yeah, I think that's underway in Reparoa, isn't it? We spoke to um, uh, someone who's involved in that, gathering up all the uh, the food waste and um, you know producing gas from that. So that seems to be something that's really already in operation. Sorry to jump in, but you just... Yeah, no, it's a a brilliant and elegant solution to quite a uh, multifaceted problem because we we get into a situation often in New Zealand about talking about the energy issue um, and the energy trilemma, but at the same time, we forget that there are other things that we're trying to solve in the country as well, like our waste problem. So if we don't look um, at these problems as separate work streams, we can find things that will approaches and answers that might solve multiple problems. And I think that's a big shift that we've seen in the energy sector now. Instead of asking ourselves solely, how do we power this country in the future in a net zero carbon way? If we look at that issue and all the other things that we're trying to address for a better world for all of us in the next generation, then the um, the answers become quite different. Well, so you if said, we look at if yeah. we look at waste, for example, um, and the environment, you know, we, we're struggling to keep up with processing it, and that's having a harmful impact. Instead of um, how do we ensure that we have natural gas? for another 100 years, it presents quite different solutions. You said trilemma. 
It's an interesting uh, word. Um, what, what are the components of the trilemma? If you don't yeah, mind so it, I, th- I think the grail, the holy grail of, um, of our energy system is to achieve energy that's sustainable, affordable and reliable. And that they have been the three primary drivers that we've seen um, as we try to ensure that we do have. We have that, that though, don't we, fundamentally? Um, we do have. Well, um, we, we, we do have um, what is formally classified as energy poverty in New Zealand, where you spend an unacceptable amount of your income on energy, not necessarily on gas, yeah. but on energy overall. So when we think about the cost of living, it plays out um, quite, you know, quite impactfully as well in the energy space as it does in food. So we, I, I don't know, that's not an energy problem per se, but if we look at new solutions and if those solutions are going to be prohibitively expensive, we won't be meeting an affordability criteria. Okay, so what's the status of natural gas? Because that's what I was alluding to at the start, that I remember that whole infrastructure being put into place. Because mm. it seems that that's, okay, that that form of uh, energy has been, I think it's fair to say, politicised, isn't it? Um, we are looking differently, I think, at natural gas and how we use it. I, we've signed up, obviously, to the Paris Agreement and certain carbon emissions. And a lot of those. Uh, did you do you do you agree with those that that being a signatory to that is that the right thing for us to be doing in your mind? I'm I I agree with needing to bring carbon emissions down. I'm not an expert on our international protocols, but I do support a system that is is um, a lower emission impact on the environment. Yeah, I think that things do have to change. I think that there is a role for natural gas for some time yet. Um, but an ideal system would definitely have a net zero impact. Because wind power and solar aren't going to do it, are they, on their own? Not, not for a group. No. No, I think that, you know, our demand for energy, well, I know that demand for energy is increasing. We will increase renewable electricity in New Zealand as well, but there will be gaps too. There are also areas that can't be electrified and they are a concern and a really good um, gas is a really good fuel for those communities. And beyond natural gas, LPG is also um, very good for rural communities. Yeah. Where does that fit in, though, on being a fossil fuel and, again, how that is seen politically? Because there is a political dimension to this, obviously. Yeah, the great thing with LPG is because, but well, as you know, there there is no new permits for offshore natural gas yep. development, and um, all of the natural gas we produce in New Zealand we use in New Zealand. At the moment, we actually don't produce enough LPG locally, so LPG is almost a byproduct of that gas process. It's not a byproduct; it's a specially made um, liquid gas. But it's not possible unless you're producing at the moment natural gas as well. So our volumes, um, our supply versus demand currently fall short. So we're importing that mostly from Australia. So I think the you know that that will continue as well. The interesting thing. Wait, wait, no, I just need to butt in here. We're we're importing something we already have from somewhere else. 
We we are using all of the LPG we produce in New Zealand, but, but we could be producing more from our own. Produce enough to we we I I in the last ten years I do not recall a time where we've produced enough to meet demand. Right, is that because we don't have enough exploration going, or um, we just don't? Even if we wanted to find it, it's just not there. Well, it's a produced product, you know, when you're making natural gas. But yeah, but I'm natural not gas sure. comes out of out of wells, right? And and you got to drill them, and 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 the, so you've got that. So yeah. once you've got that going, you've got the you can produce to make propane that. and but- propane and butane and combine that and make that um liquefied yeah. petroleum we, gas. I guess I'm trying to just get to the understanding mm-hmm. whether we could be doing that ourselves. And and why are we why are we benefiting another economy? Mm. Yeah, well, you'd you'd have to talk to the LPG producers about that. My understanding is it's not because of um, regulatory restrictions that we're not producing. It's enough just not LPG. enough product. Okay. Not not enough. Product. I used to have a car that ran on LPG. We used to that that was yeah. quite big back in the day when the fuel uh, we had uh, CNG and L- LPG. Mm. We still have um, LPG automotive sales, so um, yeah. yeah I think a lot of taxis area. are powered that way. A lot of taxis, or they were. Okay, yes, yes you're right. Uh, you mentioned hydrogen. That's a really interesting one. What's the potential of hydrogen? Hydrogen gas. Look, there's a lot of um, research and development underway, particularly um, as I mentioned in the transport sector and with trucks. So heavy transport is harder to electrify and they're seeing a really, you know, good opportunity there. It's also a way to, you you know, if we're going to be making a lot of renewable electricity, you, which you need to make hydrogen, it's potentially a, um opportunity for a new export market for New Zealand as well. So I think that that seems to be the biggest opportunity that government at least is looking to tap into in, in the gas market around renewable gases. The biogas is a lot different because we want to use waste, solve multiple problems at the same time, and we create a product that is basically chemically identical to natural gas but from um, organic waste. So the the regulations and standards um, that would be needed to put it down the pipelines and into homes um, are nil because the, the composition is the same. Appliances don't have to change. With hydrogen, it, it's different. We would need to do the safety cases, see what blends um, would be safe and take it from there. So there's a lot more work to be done in the hydrogens, hydrogen gas development for energy and homes and with our gas appliances. Um, and that work's been undertaken as well. I think the main thing is we we want to see as many options as possible to meet our increased energy demand in the future, and we want to make sure that those options are as 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 low emission as they can be. Yeah, out of the fossil fuels, though, I believe natural gas is kind of the lowest, isn't it, in terms of emissions? Yeah, and well, and then LPG even lower actually. So right. the emissions burnt from there, yeah. But natural gas lower than diesel, lower than coal. Yeah, um, we've had news stories recently of, uh, I think most recently in Victoria, Australia, where the um, state government there is 
um, changing the rules for building codes and um, and building consents. Uh, no more gas uh, heating or cooking in new builds, I think, from 18 months from now. Mm. So you can see what's happening there. Can you see that happening here? Because a lot of people are equipped in that way, and it's kind of a way of cooking as well, especially. So it's a cultural thing. Can you see any, or is there any talk oh. about changes like that that you've heard about here? Um, I there, The Climate Change Commission has periodically suggested, recommended that, that government ban new gas connections from a certain point on. Um, we would not agree with the benefit around that. Uh, our focus is on ensuring that we get renewable gases into the system as well as renewable electricity so that New Zealanders do have that choice. Because the contribution of, of, of that from cooking, it would be virtually undetectable, wouldn't it? It would be like cooking on an open fire would probably be um, have more emissions. Uh, than, than what? Well, than firing up your gas hob. Oh, right, yeah. But I guess they're wanting people to go to induction and things, aren't they? Yeah, well, um, yeah, okay. What so I think also um, in Victoria they're not – they are banning new gas connections, but not LPG. So, right. you know, okay. there's some things, there's some stuff around the edges where I don't think the case is as straightforward as what some people might have us believe. I yeah. don't think we're going to see, um, yeah, disconnections as such. I know for LPG at least that we um, continue, that market has remained steady and continues to grow the customers. People do like it and they um, do like gas and the natural gas connections are also really steady. This is for residential and industrial. I think another thing to be aware of, though, is the residential customer use of gas in New Zealand is minuscule. It's just less than 10% of the gas we produce. So the really big things that we would have to solve in the future around how we use natural gas in New Zealand is the petrochemical um, product market. Right. You okay. have to talk to someone from that market to get some answers. Yeah, to no, that we, we can do that. We can do that. Yeah. So yeah, what, 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 is, what is then the gas industry's attitude? Um, do they give credibility to the government's targets of of you know decarbonizing completely the energy system here by a certain date i think it's 2050 we've got one of the world's big well biggest investment uh, firms funds managers coming in with a um a fund to to promote that people are suspicious about that these are lofty goals but the real world is also there so uh, does the industry align with those goals do they believe they're achievable um or is there scepticism there there are many aspects to it isn't there and in, in reaching those goals we would like to see for the renewable gas sector some um support through through funds like blackrock is set up for electrification all of the energy markets in new zealand have been enabled through partnership and investment through government that's the electricity system included so if we are serious about getting a renewable gas market underway, we would really like to see um, the right enablers from government as well. And that is quite a broad um, 
incentivisation suite. So it could be a renewable gas target, a mandated target, where we a certain percentage of the gas that we um, procure in New Zealand in the future, the users, needs to be from renewable gas. And what that will do is drive a market to produce it instead of, um, you know, producing electricity, you'd have both. Because we're going to make as much renewable electricity as we can anyway. But what we want to see is similar investment in new gas as well. Do you think, um, because a lot of people that we've talked to um, regarding this have always mentioned nuclear power? And that is the the actually the ultimate answer to this. Is that potentially a threat to your industry at some point? Not in New Zealand. Well, if we go, we're, I we're mean, a very small country where we don't need to be considering options like nuclear power. The gas transition plan. Why, why not? Looking because we are producing enough um, established alternatives that why would you? Why, why would you? Okay, so you, there's no sort I'd of much threat rather, on the I think most there. Kiwis would rather make energy from landfill waste than setting up a nuclear-powered Not system. if they can't afford it. If they can't afford it. Well, I mean, you made the point earlier, and it's a good point, that energy has to be affordable. Mm. It can't be crippling. Mm. And we've seen a huge increase in energy. Again, I mean, I've been around a bit. You know, a power bill's... 20 years ago are nowhere near what they or were what they are now. So, you know, yeah. uh, times have changed and, and and most of the infrastructure producing that power was there then too. So it's not as if um, new stuff's gone in. So I don't know how the cost um, um, increase occurs, but it has to be affordable in the end, right? It has to be doable, affordable to the average yeah, absolutely. And and I think that that has been quite squarely recognised in the latest round of government papers. Um, I, I guess what we're lacking is what the pathway is to achieve that and what um, what we can do together to reach those goals. So when it comes to renewable gas, for example, the government is very keen on a certification regime that recognises renewable gases and puts a premium um, on that but we would still need a regulatory framework wrapped around that to make sure that um, people had the confidence to invest in it. So we've got in the last two years, as you say, the Epidore Eco Gas First Gas um, Biogas Plant up and running, and it will be injecting into the National Grid Gas Line um, this time next year. But we need a lot more of that. Yeah, I think um, one of the uh, problems that that team was having was convincing, you know, the powers mm -hmm. that be that this was a sensible, viable, you know, kind of option going forward. It eliminated landfills potentially or substantial um, yeah. you know, component of landfills, which are, you know, not good for the environment and very lazy way of dealing with waste, but the problem was convincing people, even though they had a plant up and running and could demonstrably show that this works. So obviously thinking kind of needs to change too, right? You're exactly right. And that's, you know, why it's a, it's a pleasure to be talking to you about the issue because people also can't want what they don't know exists. And we get very little airtime around renewable gas. 
and mm. people are skeptical because it it sounds to some like just another way of extending um you know the life of our natural gas assets that's not the key driver at all that is a convenient benefit as well but this is about how we um how we produce gas in a sustainable way through the circular economy which seems as far as we can tell, to be the only sustainable way forward in every respect. When we look at the energy trilemma, I've also seen some recent research that suggests different frameworks where, you know, we look at community innovation in Papatuanuku, for example, which is sort of an extension or a different packaging of the energy trilemma. But what it actually says too is we need to work in a different way for communities coming together is going to be really important, I think, in the future as well. Okay. Well, Janet, it's been really interesting chatting with you. Thanks for coming uh, on to Reality Check Radio. Janet Carson, Chief Executive of Gas NZ. And maybe we'll talk again and we'll certainly keep a close eye on the developments because in the end it affects all of us, doesn't it, really? It does. It does. And the government's consulting on this plan so people should have a say. If you love gas, tell um, tell (laughs) the government what you think. We love gas. We love gas too. <laughs> all right. Well, all the best and thanks for, for coming on. Thank you very much. Bye. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.